Welcome to Side Talks. Woo! You really screamed us in. Coming in hot out of the gate. Take me home tonight. I don't want to let... That was on the radio on my way here. So you, you just started singing it? <laughs> to, to why start not? It? Okay, well, yeah, fair enough. I felt yeah, like we enough. need to sing in, and, you know, the late, great Eddie Money, why not? Yeah, I mean, that's appropriate. Hey, who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. I thought you were Eddie Money. I, I mean, know. I got you confused a second We look ago. a lot alike. <laughs> uh, I'm Corey Kraft. This is Side Talks, a podcast about all things cinema. Movies. Let's Take talk- me to the movies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk movies. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. It's time for that thing we do. The five-minute fight. It's a five-minute fight. Start the timer. We're fighting Men in Black. Uh, last week we determined that you don't like Will Smith, which okay, fine, but I don't understand how you could uh, additionally not like what is easily his best movie. Oh God! Uh, and um, one of the best. I'm serious. One of the best sci-fi comedies ever made. What are your objections to Men in Black before I list all of the positive Uh, things about this movie? I know. I'm going to lose this one. You know, I say that all the time. Part of my strategy is to talk really (laughs) slowly because I don't have a lot to say. I just don't like it, Corey. The song is annoying. No, it's not. The song is great. No, it's so dumb. Here's what I think. Oh, my God. I think you saw this when you were a baby. I did. And you you have fond baby memories. It's so stupid. Okay, so your objection is that this is a (laughs) stupid movie. It's dumb. It's like... I totally get that it's it's sort of inspired by. Am I wrong to say it's inspired by Mars Attacks? Well, it's that, it's a comic book. It's based on a comic yeah. book itself. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like Mar- You know, watch Mars Attacks. Don't watch this. You don't need this. Hey, watch both. They're both no. great. I, I, the song is annoying. He's annoying. It's not that great. It's only ninety eight minutes. Yes. Shockingly, it feels like a hundred and. It's great. And a chameleon. Oh come on. Go ahead. Just go ahead. You right. can't wait. You Here can't wait to I defend can't. this stupid Will ass Smith, film. great, funny. No. Uh, the script uh, filled with terrific jokes, but this movie is um, – you have two all-timer great comic performances from Tommy Lee Jones as the gruff, no-nonsense you know, senior man in black uh, playing against type and totally straight-faced, even as all these little puppets and, and uh, computer-generated gen- whatnots you – know, prance around him and Vincent D'Onofrio as Edgar the bug, a giant alien cockroach who just takes control of Vincent D'Onofrio's skin and walks around talking like this and getting me sugar water and all that stuff. Uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, the movie's hilarious. Like you said, it's a cool 98 minutes. So you're not sitting there all afternoon. Uh, the song is great. Uh, the, the special effects hold up. Uh, everything about it is just a, a great time at the movies. <laughs> so I don't understand why you're so cranky about it, to be perfectly honest. It's just so stupid. I don't know, Corey. I really think that you favored this as a child. And you just, I just, in what universe are these great comic performances? This is what? not, this is not a great comic performance. This is everything about this. Go is back so... and watch Vincent D'Onofrio in that movie no, again. I'm serious. I don't serious. want to. He I don't, should that's part have of why been I have... an Oscar nominee that year. I nah. swear. Nah. This is part of why I have nothing to bring to the table because I the thought of watching this again made my skin crawl. No, I just couldn't even do it. We're not talking about Men it. in Black Two. We're not talking about Men in Black Three. We're definitely not talking about that Wait, recent so it gets reboot. Worse? 
the sequels are all bad. The oh. sequels are all bad, and the spinoff with Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth okay. that came out is is bad. So let but me that just... first one is lightning in a bottle. I, oh my... I promise. Oh, my God. Were it's you... so good. When you were a baby, did you do drugs? I think you know the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> you were but a baby on point. drugs when you watched this. Uh, you were no, a baby on. on fucked up I drugs. Was, I was uh, probably 10 or 11 <laughs> years old, and I was a big X-Files fan, and I was into alien stuff. And this fun comedy with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, who I remembered uh, very fondly from Batman Forever, speaking of movies I loved when I was a baby, uh, w- came out in theaters, mm. and I just had the best time with you know this this fun speculative sci-fi stuff. This is where we do absolutely need a little bit of video content, because I really wish that everybody could just see my face right now. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine it just, just based on the tone of her voice. Also... Uh, awesome cat in a supporting role, mm. uh, Linda Fiorentino. There are plenty of great um, cats in supporting roles. Sure, but this is an all-timer cat, I promise. Um, you have, like, all you know, the fun pug dog who has, like, yeah. fun things to say. Well, that's, um, they knew they the could get... The worm aliens. They, Come on. They knew they could get a certain percentage of the population just in that era casting a pug. Because it was probably like the popular dog of the of the decade, so they they went ahead and did that just to go ahead and get that built. So you get the built in audience with the pug. You get some <laughs> That's cat conspiratorial people. thinking. You get some cat people with the cat. You get some people who liked Mars Attacks and didn't get enough. And you get Corey because he's a baby on drugs who liked the X Files. And then you get and then you get Will Smith fans. And yeah, I mean it's a recipe. Certainly a recipe for success, but it is not a recipe for greatness. It's held up, though. At and, the time, I agree. It was the right movie at the right moment. Mm. You're get, you've got Will Smith, hot off of Independence Day, another movie that We're you are not going to use hot in um, the same sentence with Will Smith but, ever but, again. Th- but that's true. Uh, hot off of Independence Day. I'm so and, glad to hear you know, that. Lightning struck, and it holds up. It's great. It's a great movie. You are wildly off base here. Sam, go ahead and tell him. This was almost as boring as our Will Smith argument. Oh I wonder God. what the combinate, what the connection is. What could it possibly be? It could, could it be it, Will fucking Smith? It, it might be an unreasonable, untenable, bah. undefendable position. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna let's see. Start off with <laughs> here we go. Hmm, where do we start? Um, I'm gonna go with Rachel gets three thousand bonus points just for the phrase "You were a baby on fucked up drugs." <laughs> um, <laughs> And Corey gets a lot of bonus points for the phrase, I don't understand why you're so cranky about it, to be perfectly honest, which is a good question, um, <laughs> or a good statement. Um, and Rachel said it's stupid, but, like, it's stupid and good, and it's, I don't know, it's a good movie. Um, Corey said it's easily one of the best Will Smith movies, which I might disagree with, because that goes to Shark Tale. But also, bonus points for supporting supporting the cat, um, which is an all-timer role, and Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, who really gets the most points here. But, yeah, Corey wins. Of course he does. Shark Tale? Shark Tale. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was a baby on fucked up drugs. <laughs> hey, I hear something very pleasant in the background right now. It's not my singing, it's... Wind chimes. Reflections. What are we reflecting on? So I thought I'd switch it up a little bit. You know how we are. You know how we do. We we throw each other curveballs from time to time. Yeah. And, you know, we, we tend to get into this reflection segment and, and talk about industry kind of stuff and yeah. a lot of Netflixy kind of stuff and yeah. what's happening to the cinema and what's happening to films. And we could certainly still do that today because um, Martin Scorsese just came out with a 
with a really wonderful piece, um, sort of applauding programmers. Martin Scorsese is correct. He is correct. But, but that's all we need to say about that. Yeah, but you can read that piece, and, and perhaps we'll reflect on that later. I feel like we've done enough of that kind of talk lately, and so I thought we would, with uh, Valentine's Day, and in, in our very fairly recently, by the time this comes out at least, um, in our rearview mirror, uh, that we would talk a little bit about some of your favorite sort of relationship slash breakup films, and, uh, and I would like to throw some at you as well, so... Um, I mean, you're you're happily married. You've been married for a while. Um, yeah, more than ten years, and uh, she's listening to this podcast. So she is very, and very she happy. Somehow, still likes you, Corey. Somehow. So, um, and I know Kathleen's one of her favorite films. It's actually a breakup film. Oh yeah, I believe this is still one of her favorite films. But she was really taken by "Call Me by Your Name." Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And saw it a couple of times, I know, in the cinema. So uh, it is interesting. So you're happily married, but that's a favorite film. And that's definitely a breakup film. So I thought we would just, you know, since Valentine's Day has come and gone and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about romantic movies. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be the romance genre, but films that would, you know, that would be either sort of fall into like a positive romantic category or into a, a breakup category. And what are some of your favorites? So for the positive category, um, I, I think, you know, my wife would be angry if I didn't mention uh, a movie that we mentioned kind of briefly a couple weeks ago now. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's movie, The Fountain. And okay. Aronofsky is not usually a director you think of when you think about like undying romantic love portrayed in cinema. Right. Um, but I, that's that's one of the, the places uh, that The Fountain gets most of its power. It is um, through all of the sci-fi trappings that it throws at the audience, the story of uh, one man's sort of uh, devotion to his wife and quest to – uh, save his wife. He, he's a he's a medical doctor. And yeah. his, his quest is to save his wife from a uh, an aggressive cancer that is that mm-hmm. is killing her. Um, and that quest takes him throughout the ages um, in ways that are sort of metaphorical and and literal um, because yeah. it does go into some genuinely like cosmic existential territory. Um, that's a special movie to us um, for for various reasons. But I I love. Uh, the fountain, and it is um, a, a a I don't know how else to describe it. A special treatment of that sort of story. Yeah, and one that I think you threw into your twenty for twenty series that yep. got cut short because of the pandemic, uh, which was our twenty. You know, me, you, and and Charlie threw down our twenty favorite films of the last twenty years and came up with a pretty, I think, a pretty solid uh, lineup there. A pretty solid series. Certainly esoteric. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we, we definitely were going to have some wellness checks along the way. But uh, <laughs> but point being, we had a good series, just got killed by COVID. Um, and anyway, uh, so that was on there, yeah, I believe. It was. Uh, so what about on the – well, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, I don't know, but I <laughs> – you know what? This is – you're going to laugh. I think maybe my positive one would be Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> 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 well, I it think, ends in a place it, that, that is kind of affirming, I guess. It's so sort of? true. It's so <laughs> real. I mean, it's such a like, I don't know. I think I reflect on this film a lot. Yeah. It, it is really kind of does. There are certain things in this film. The, the bedroom moment clearly is one that's very memorable. But it is a very, it reflects some real trueness about human nature and relationships and the fragility of uh, anything that, even comes remotely close to romance or sort of intimate relationships. So yeah. 
I mean, it's a funny one to have as a positive, but yeah, I mean, in some ways it kind of, it kind of is. It, um, it, it kind of is. Yeah. It's about it, as it works. positive as I'm going to get, you know, maybe Valley Girl. I, you know, I, I do think Valley Girl's kind of romantic, yeah. even though the vast majority of the film is just, you know, Nicolas Cage trying to win, win her back and be like, your face is in 3D. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll go Valley Girl slash Eyes Wide Shut. Good, good double feature there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there are lots of them. There are lots of them. Um, what about, what about on the sort of heartbreak, uh, on, on the bummer scale? Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking actually about a movie I just watched for the first time that would also make kind of a good double feature with eyes wide shut. Yeah. Um, it's a movie from 1967 from the director, Luis Buñuel called mm-hmm. Belle de Jour. Have you seen Belle de Jour? I have not seen that. Um, it stars Catherine Deneuve as a... Uh, I, I guess a uh, a housewife you could best call uh, frigid, quote unquote, yeah. um, who goes on her own sort of sadomasochistic sexual odyssey nice. by taking a job at a uh, brothel, only working afternoons before her husband comes home from work. Yeah. Um, and this awakens a lot of surreal and disturbing stuff within her um, in in characteristic Buñuel fashion. Um, I just watched it for the first time on the Criterion channel. It's a classic for a reason because yeah. it's influenced so many other filmmakers. I mean, Eyes Wide Shut among them, but but I also got heavy, you know, heavy Lynch vibes, heavy, heavy Blue Velvet vibes in particular, which would be another – anti-romantic movie. I, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you should uh, watch Blue Velvet on or around Valentine's Day. That probably shouldn't be associated with Valentine's Day at all. Maybe Wild at Heart instead, even though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great romantic film, but also, you know what? It Okay, again, I don't think I, I don't want to be too precious and, and you know, spoil anything for anybody. But when it when it takes that turn into into real darkness, you know, once uh-huh. they go to the once they go to the hotel and and you've got Willem Dafoe with when the Willem teeth Dafoe and the, shows up oh. and the whole like you know, well, anyway, once it goes that direction and there's sort of a breakup involved, so to speak, it never. I understand that it ends well, like it ends on a positive, but it never go, it it never gets back on track for me. Does that make sense? It like, does because it loses that sort of. It loses that that fun sense yeah. that it had up to that point. Like this is when you get to that point in the movie, it's just like, oh, this just got real and it's heavy and it's weird and I'm uncomfortable and you never get comfortable again. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a train wreck into just absolute disaster. And then even though they try to put a bow on it at the very end, it just feels like, oh shit, just want it just you don't ever recover from that level of darkness. You just no. don't. So great anyway, movie, <laughs> great film, great film, and maybe more romantic than Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, or neck and neck. Um, anyway, okay. Well, any others that you want to throw out the I mean, breakup movie? I mean, there's a lot of break- yeah, there's there a lot, lot of breakup, breakup movies. Breakup uh, the the sort of I, I guess contemporary cliche one to throw out that everybody always throws out is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind. But the reason that people always throw it out is because that movie is amazing. It is an amazing film. I, I you know what? I don't include it on my best breakup films because I think it's actually too too successful. Yeah. I think it's too hard to watch. <laughs> I think it's too. I think it's like. I think you watch that when you're in a happy relationship. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go there. That's I think interesting. It's too. I. I think it's too much of a bummer when you when you're not in a successful. It's relationship. It's too much of a heart stab. Yeah. It really is. If you're if I, I you if you're anywhere close to reflecting on a on a past relationship, Ugh. if you're in that headspace at all, I say don't go there. 
I mean, this is from coming from the person who's planning on dr- drinking a bottle of vodka while watching Leaving Las Vegas. That is still not a good idea, by the way. It's going to happen. I, I'm going to report oh back. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, uh, it's hard for me to put that on a list for that reason, but that is a very successful and great film. Yep. Um, I I have a lot. One that might surprise you or maybe not, I don't know, um, is Closer. I love Closer. I really love Closer. And it is, I think it's actually a, a really, really great breakup film. Yeah. I mean, that is a vicious movie. It is a vicious movie. Vicious Kind is another great Haven't breakup seen that film. One yet. You should take a look at that. Yeah. It also, um, a great double feature that I just mentioned because people are not, people are not kind to either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it that way. Uh, there, it, it gets to some real, some real deep, dark fears about relationships yeah. in both of those. And, Again, kind of talking about endings, but the the end of the freaking end of Closer is is just a gut punch yep. too. Yep. Um, yeah. So that so both of those are uh, strong to me. I mean, of course, I feel like we have to mention Blue Valentine. Oh man, that that to me falls in the category of too successful. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't watch Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine is is just emotionally devastating, like in a way that is too real for me. When I want to feel like I've had a breakup with Michelle Williams, because <laughs> you know what? I'd rather, I'll take a breakup over nothing. You know, she is, <laughs> she is, I think, kind of the modern queen of the breakup movie because that her movie Take This Waltz is another really I haven't like, seen powerful that. breakup movie directed, written and directed by Sarah Polly, the great okay. Canadian filmmaker. Um, I love that movie too. I don't know why you, that hasn't. You should see that because hit, hit my eyes. That is some prime Michelle Williams yeah, right well, there. I'm all about the prime Michelle Williams. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at her. I look at the Michelle Williams fan number four three two. You know, Instagram page every day and and all the other ones. So I do get an eyeful, but um, I can always use a little more. So anyway, so those yeah, that's that. I mean, those are some really great, some really great breakup films. Anything? Uh, you know what? Here's another one I'll hit you with. Uh-huh. It wouldn't normally. I don't think this is gonna sh- um, hit you as what you would normally think of a breakup film. Okay. But Vanilla Sky. No, that's totally a breakup movie. You agree? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, that yes, one hundred percent. I mean, it is. It's sort of a an act of breaking off a relationship that that sets the plot of that <laughs> yeah. movie into emotion, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a movie that I've had a complicated relationship with over the years. I've gone from I don't I don't like that at all to that's kind of a masterpiece to I guess where I am now, which is I think that movie is really good, but I could have a wildly disparate reaction to it if I ever watch it again. I guess. It, it definitely I can I know what you're talking about. It's one that I will sometimes be a, I, well for a while I was a little embarrassed. I'd be like I actually like Vanilla Sky, but now I'm owning it. Yeah. I'm I'm proud to say the last time I watched it I was like you know what I actually like this. The the Tom Cruise in the mask dancing around stuff is really hard to take. Mm-hmm. The weird CGI intentionally weird CGI I would argue um, top of the building kind of stuff is is hard to take. But there are some moments in this that are really really hard to communicate on screen yeah and one of those is the magical magical night that he spends the magical first night he spends with penelope cruz Uh and just the the way it's shot the soundtrack and the sound design and the dialogue 
script, all of it in that particular scene, you really feel like you're, I feel like you really are, are captivated by her and you totally see what he's fallen for. And it feel it's as close. I mean, it's really, you know, it's as close as you can get on screen to having to being able to communicate to an audience that sort of giddy feeling you have when you first met somebody and you and you're just really taken by them that that in some ways only, you know, it's such a fleeting thing. Yeah. And and so it's what a magical moment. And then to just then sucker punch me. With what comes next? Oh, a lot comes next. <laughs> which is a chilling fucking, chilling fucking scene with Cameron Diaz playing a playing playing a, a role that like nothing you've seen from her before. That's because true. she's generally the adorable, captivating. You know, I want to. Uh, how can you not be charmed by her? And that uh, that all makes sense for her. You know, or she's or she's being kind of downplayed a bit, and but like you, in she's Malkovich, still, you know, where yeah. she's got the frizzy hair, right? And, yeah, there's some of that, but this, but this is the sort of this is a different, this is a different thing, yeah. Um, and it is it is chilling. I don't think that she gets enough credit in general. I don't either, Cameron Diaz. Um, I don't either. She's a she's a great comedic actor. Oh, but for sure. You watch her in Vanilla Sky and tell me she isn't just a great actor. Period. Yeah, you know, I, I think that she has given some performances that have not been super successful because she's not right for the role. Specifically, mm, I can see that. Gangs of New York is the one that sticks out. She has modern face, and yeah. that's a weird casting. Yeah, I, I think the problem was more with the casting. Um, but but whenever she plays against type, like in Being John Malkovich, like in Vanilla Sky, like in Ridley Scott's The Counselor, which is not a very well loved movie, right. but I think she's pretty amazing in it. Um, she, you know, she more often than not will surprise you. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are my. I mean, that's kind of wanted, what I wanted to talk about. So, if if anybody hasn't seen any of those, I think those are all great films. If you can, if you can take it, um, <laughs> and and great films, you know, for for if you are looking for sort of a either romance or breakup film or some combination thereof. Uh, let me let me ask you this yeah. before we close out because I think this is an example of a movie that fits into some gray area, so to speak. Uh, David Lynch's Eraserhead, romantic movie <laughs> or a breakup movie. <laughs> Oh, I, you know what? I think it's unfair to put it in either category. <laughs> it's, it's, I think that's a, I, you know what I think? I think anybody who's expecting a child should watch Eraserhead. 100%. <laughs> you know, hey, are you satisfied in your, uh, your nice suburban lifestyle? Watch Eraserhead uh, and see your life mirrored back at you, but through a, well, through David Lynch's lens. Oh, we're not being nice right now. No, but those are all great movies. Uh, some great recommendations there. Yep, definitely. And you know what? I think we'll do a part two of this um, because I plan to talk a little bit more about some stuff, but um, we talked pretty long, so we'll, we'll wrap it up. But um, why don't we come back and talk about films that have changed our lives? Ooh, that sounds good. On, an, on, the, on a further future episode of Reflections. So thanks so much for listening to Side Talks. We are your own cinematic. This is very apropos. Okay. Carlton and Fresh Prince. That's perfect. And I think we might have done it before, but it fits so well. I can't remember our duos anymore. Can, I'm just going to Can you do the going. dance? Can you do the No. I can. I don't want to. Okay. I, I mean, this is a this is an audio medium, so <laughs> We'll just, you, you don't have to do it, but we'll just tell everybody that you did. Listen, when we add the Patreon page, I will definitely do the dance for everybody. On on camera. 
on camera instead of like right now, right. which you did. Which I didn't whoa, take the bait. I, right. I did not. I, you are <laughs> you're really going at it doing the Carlton, and nobody can prove otherwise. I'll floss too, and it's bad. Oh, I can. I'll floss all the live long well, day. You teach it. You know, you teach the youngins, so yeah. you should know how. I, I, yep. Anyway, okay, well, thank you. <laughs> Enough about flossing and Carltoning um, or what fresh printing. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to Side Talks. Thanks to Batwell Studios. And uh, check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and SidewalkFest.com. And uh, our music is Splash 96, and we love them. They're great. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.